Welcome to Buy In, a podcast about the intersection between Taiwanese and American culture. I'm Joe. With me is Jack. Hello, everyone. And Anna. Hello. How are you guys doing? We are great. Yeah? Yeah. This What? is a beautiful morning. It is. <laughs> Spring is finally here. <laughs> and we sleep very late. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect weekend. Yes, exactly. So what did you guys want to talk about today? Okay, today we want to discuss about TSMC. It's the biggest uh, semiconductor company in Taiwan. And recently they have a, a new construction fab in American Arizona. And so many engineers near, uh, like posts on the internet and complaining the environment layer. So we want to discuss about the, um, this kind of culture shock. Like original, we think, okay, Taiwanese know American culture so much. But how come these people, they are well-educated and uh, they are highly paid uh, engineers. They got so much culture shock in America. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, knowing about a culture while living in your country is one thing. But when you actually live there, you get to know it in an entirely different way. And it's a totally different experience. Maybe you know about it in theory, but mm. in practice, it can be quite different, I think. Yes, yes, yes. And I think this topic actually very complicated. We won't touch every topic because too difficult. Sure, sure, sure. I think it's involved uh, also with the, the labor rights and the uh, union and somehow the uh, the Taiwanese like uh, working culture. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, our first question to Joe is, uh, what do you think about Arizona? Do you, do you know is there any job opportunity there? So I don't know much about the job market in Arizona per se, um, you know, I've been to Phoenix, I've been to Arizona, it's incredibly hot, it's very humid. Oh. I mean, it's it gets so hot there that the paint will just peel off of your car. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the sun is so powerful, huh. I, I had to hide from it most of the day. So that's the first thing, the, the climate there is extremely dry. So it's mostly desert? It's total desert, it's, it's complete desert. When oh. you go there, you, you don't understand why people are living there at first. You're like, who, who chose to settle here? Like, oh why God. would you stop and not just keep going, right? And, and, and you talk about Phoenix, is it, is it the biggest city yeah, in Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, Phoenix is the biggest city. Oh, and some things about it are very nice. Uh, oh. It's a Western city. So yeah. cities in the West of the U.S. were built later. Oh. So they're much more logical. Like the whole city is a grid. Oh. All the streets, one big grid. So you can find your way around very easily. Mm. People there are very nice. Oh. You know, I, I like the people out West very much. Mm. Arizona, California, you know, it's, it's similar in that sort of Southwestern, you know, culture mm. where people are laid back generally pretty liberal, pretty open-minded. Um, yeah, that was my impression. You know, I, I liked it there, but uh, the heat's a lot to deal with. So does the, the Arizona have some kind of agriculture or what does people do there? That, that's a good question. I don't know. What do people do? <laughs> it, it's, you know, like anywhere else in the U.S. There's, there's not that I know of. First of all, Arizona is not like a very famous or well-known state. Oh, it's, you know, it's it, Phoenix has gotten to be a rather large city. Mm. Um, but besides that, it's not really famous for much that I know of. You know, I we don't see. have much impression of it. And even though I've been there, I can't tell you exactly what they specialize <laughs> in or what their industries are. I'm sure an Arizona, you know, could do much better. Do job they than have me. all your layer? Uh, probably some, not a lot. <laughs> I know the biggest reserves in the U.S. for the most part are down in Texas huh. or up north in the, the Bakken oil fields in North Dakota. 
And then, of course, there's oil throughout. I'm sure they have some there. Um, but yeah, it's not, again, it's not what they're particularly known for. I see. So um, the, the, we, we, we have this information from internet. Mm -hmm. It says TSMC Arizona site has around uh, annual salary 120K. Is it a good wage layer? Is it a good salary yeah. layer? Yeah, yeah, oh. that's a great wage. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, that. A lot of people, what they're hoping for is we call a six-figure income, which means anything a hundred thousand dollars or above. Yeah, six figures, one oh. with five zeros, oh. right? Oh, yeah. So a lot of people aim for that six-figure income. Of course, with inflation, it's not quite as wonderful as it used to be, but still, a hundred twenty thousand dollars. If you're making that, you're considered huh. upper middle class. Oh, um, you know, you can afford to have your slice of the American dream, such as own a home. Oh. You have probably decent insurance. Yeah, I, that, I think that puts you in the upper echelon of so of six digit income is a uh, comfortable. Yeah, comfortable, you can yeah. live a comfortable life in definitely in America. Now uh, there are some places where maybe you couldn't. A six figure income wouldn't necessarily give you a comfortable life in Manhattan oh. or San Francisco. Oh. There are some places where that's you know that's not enough because the housing prices are so insane. Um, but yes, I think. Especially a place like Arizona, if you're making one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year in Arizona, you can live a very comfortable middle class lifestyle. Oh, so maybe in this kind of information, I think maybe that's kind of American dream. Yeah, that people can trace there. Oh. Yeah, if your dream is to you know own your own home and be able to provide for yourself and your family and live comfortably, yeah, I think one hundred twenty thousand a year in Arizona will get you there. Oh, that's. That's an interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't that seem like a good salary to you? It's I think it's quite really good, good. Quite yeah. good. But yeah. also, uh, we, we heard many news that the rental is very high in America. And also the tax rate and also the insurance will eat a lot of your income. So yeah. after, you, the, after tax, maybe the six-digit income will become uh, five digits. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> very quickly it'll become five digits. That's true. And th there are costs of living in America that you don't think about in other countries, things you expect to be paid for or included or not, mm. especially healthcare. Now, I'm sure, you know, uh, th what comes along with a, that sort of job is probably a decent healthcare. But mm. your co-pays and the amount that you have to pay out of your own pocket is larger than what some other countries have. And then, of course, as you said, the rental market there. Mm. That's one of the biggest problems right now in the States is housing prices, <coughs> rental prices. They're extremely high. And it definitely cuts into your monthly income, um, but you know, mm. at, at that at that rate, I think you should be okay. I see, I see. Okay, so uh, here's the, the the situation now because we we think about those uh, TSMC engineer that live happily there, but uh, actually they have so much <laughs> complaint of the environment there. There are several points that they complain. Can can Anna read? Oh sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, yeah, this is the one of the aspect Taiwanese went to there and complain about is the employee meals are on advertising and cost them $8 per meal. Is the $8 per meal is expensive or cheap? Seems okay to me. Oh. <laughs> Seems cheap to me. Oh, how, how much is McDonald's? Oh, uh, close to that, you know, eight, nine, ten dollars $10, but oh. that's garbage <laughs> I mean, this is this should not be your benchmark for what uh oh, really yeah i benchmark 
each country's price to the McDonald's. Okay, well, that that is a benchmark for price, but I mean the quality that you're getting in exchange. That's、oh. I wouldn't want to live off of McDonald's. Yeah, that's hot and deep. What really in Taiwan? Really? Because in Taiwan, the McDonald is not cheap. Actually, it's I think it's higher than average. Ah,、mm. uh, it's ah、uh, yeah. If you not living in Taipei, the McDonald is not cheap compared to the 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 bento bento or、uh. street、yeah. food. And also, McDonald food quality is not bad in Taiwan. <laughs> okay, that's、yeah. that's a difference because I also I've been to the McDonald's here in Japan,、yeah. and also their food quality is much higher than what you'd find in the U.S. It's strange things in the U.S. that we think like our perception of McDonald's in the U.S. is it's you know pretty low end food. Really? Yeah.、Oh. Same thing with like KFC,、uh-huh. and then here in Japan. Every year for Christmas, people go yes, and buy、yes. fried chicken.、Oh. They think that's like American tradition. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to break、oh. so many poor Japanese people's hearts by telling them that's not our tradition. None of us go buy KFC for the you know Christmas. I see. Yeah, so it's weird how perception changes from country to country. We export these things,、mm-hmm. and they're perceived as being you know、yeah. decent quality. How about and- Starbucks? Starbucks is you know they're everywhere. Uh-huh. Lots of people go there.、Uh-huh. Is it also low end in America? No, it's no? definitely not low end on the pricing end of the spectrum. It's it's you know median to high priced coffee. Oh, I see. But not not you know most of the competitors are pretty close to the price.、Uh-huh. I guess I guess some people do consider Starbucks to be a little bit nicer. I see. I see.、Yeah. I see. I see. Oh my god.、Okay. Why? How do you guys perceive it? Jack is like、huh? is he like we are like luxury. To go、oh. to McDonald's, McDonald's in Taiwan, <laughs> not luxury, but、uh, it's a nice meal. Yeah, for you. yeah, nice, nice meal. meal、yeah. It's my everyday comfort after <laughs> <laughs> after a stressful work. Wow.、Uh, And then, what would be an inexpensive meal in Taiwan? Yeah, yeah, we we also have some high class、uh, restaurant,、mm-hmm. and now it's getting more expensive. Yeah, but still we can find the street food very cheap. Oh, so、mm. st- street food is the inexpensive food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How、mm. how much would that be for a lunch? Um,、uh, hmm. three dollars. What? Four dollars. Really? Yeah, 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 three yeah. and four dollars. Three and four、uh, is is quite average. Wow. Yeah, you、good. can't find lunch in America for three or four dollars. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, very rare. I see. Wow. And how is your like employee meal there? Usually,、uh-huh. it's very tasty or. Not good. So I've only worked at one place where we had employee meals on site.、Mm-hmm. Usually, everywhere else I worked, you went out for lunch. Oh. You know, you would be on break. Either you bring your own food or you go out and get something.、Um, so the one place I worked where we had employee meals, it was terrible. I was working in a restaurant inside of a hotel,、mm-hmm. and we went and had you know our meals with the rest of the hotel employees. It, it was garbage.、Oh. Yeah, I considered it inedible.、Oh. Okay, so maybe this complaint, I think it's nonsense. They just don't know the situation、mm. in America. Well, it's not nonsense because, like, probably they're right. Probably the quality of the meal, especially for the eight dollars they're paying, is not great. Like、uh-huh. cafeteria food in the U.S. oftentimes is not good. And on top of that, U.S.'s food quality standards are not that high <laughs> compared to many countries. Now there are other countries where you know who have lower food quality standards in Japan than the U.S. But especially when I travel to Europe. Or here in Asia, especially Japan, I find the food quality standards excellent.、Oh. Especially in Japan, they have awesome food quality standards here.、Mm. In America, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the food that you really don't want to be eating. And, and here's the thing about America, right? It's a land of extremes. We have extremely low quality 
stuff and extremely high quality stuff. You just have to know, right? So like me, if I was working there, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not eating that garbage. Everyone knows cafeteria food sucks. Uh, I'm going to pack my own lunch or you know, uh, buy yeah. pre-prepared food. Yeah. So you just have to know how to operate within the system. It's not that there's not good options out there, but you can't accept the common food in America because it's going to be garbage. I see. I yeah. think I think one explanation for this situation is because in Taiwan we usually eat outside. Many many family they don't they just eat outside every meal, and because the outside food quality is not bad and also it's very cheap. Mm-hmm. If you if you do food by yourself, it's not it's not getting cheaper. You will be, be average or 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 more more expensive. Yeah. Just you you do for for your meal because it's more healthier. Not because it will be more cheap. Really? Mm. So people tend to eat out a lot. You guys don't cook at home? No. Usually no. Usually oh, no. interesting. Oh. I mean, I think in the modern era, a lot of people are that way also. Mm. But um, we definitely have a tradition in America of home cooking, you know. I see. Yeah. But it's, it, uh, but it's the same thing. It's not cheaper. I mean, mass-produced food has gotten to the point where it's going to be cheaper. And that's the reason mm-hmm. a lot of people do it. Whenever I cook meals at home, it's way more expensive than restaurants. Oh. Um, yeah, because uh, many of the uh, uh, like, like students go to America, they will start cooking by themselves. And they, they, they think this is a, a culture shock or this is a skill you need to learn. Yeah, because you want to have some cheaper food or you want to eat some extra food you like. Yeah, so I think this situation is different because this is like bigger scale. Like one time, maybe like hundreds of engineers move to to United States, and these hundreds of engineers they already have a like lifestyle, like a fixed lifestyle mm. in Taiwan. Mm. So they expect some lifestyle in America. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's going to be a trend with a lot of these things are. If you try to take what you're used to or the culture you come from and just copy it and replicate it in the country you've gone to, you're going to have a hard time. You have to learn how things work in the place that you're in and adjust your lifestyle to match it. You know, mm. you can't expect to live a Taiwanese life in America. It's not going to happen. Okay. Mm. Okay. So- but but you know they probably have a point too. The food probably sucks and it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely, they do. There's nothing in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Please go next. Okay. Um. The employee are being forced to rent a two-bedroom apartment for $2,500 per month and need to sign a binding three-year contract. And the house uh, is not soundproof. So they think the house quality is not good as well. Yeah, it's just like the food, right? There's great variety in America. There are very cheaply made homes that are overpriced, and then there are super high-quality homes that are also overpriced. So you have your choice of those two options. Um, $2,500 for a two-bedroom apartment in... Where in Arizona is this? Is this even Phoenix, or is this outside of Phoenix? I think it's outside of Phoenix. That sounds extremely high to me. I haven't rented in the States for a little while, but that sounds like $1,000 too expensive. For a two-bedroom apartment in some random place in Arizona, I'm thinking fifteen hundred is the max that oh. I would expect to pay. Um, yeah, so it sounds to me like uh, probably the company has some kind of deal with a real estate project, and they are, you know, that's the thing is when people come over from another place, they're often taken advantage of. They don't know what the price should be. They don't know what their options are. It happens to Americans coming to Japan all the time. You know, here. 
it's difficult to get them to rent a part of an apartment to you if you're a foreigner they have all these things like key money and all these deposits that you have to pay you have to give them quite a lot of information and nowhere accepts pets here in japan so foreigners who come to japan looking for a place they typically have to pay very high prices to find someone who's willing to rent to them you know um so it kind of feels like yeah a lot of different industries take advantage of people who are not from there and this sounds like a case of that to me. That sounds way too high to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I, I agree. I, I heard the rumors that uh, before this engineer go to United States, they both keep telling them, uh, living in Uni- United States is very dangerous. So let's live together in a dormitory. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep ourselves safe. And 200 2500 is not expensive. Let's just sign three years contract. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. A three-year contract? Now, is that is that contract connected to the job? Is it a contract to work, or is it just the rental agreement? I think they their job is also binding for three years, but the I think they just want them to stay in the dormitory and easy to manage, so they have this rental. Yeah, it sounds like well. the company's mm. making a little money on the side to me. There, that, that that sounds way too high. Like even if it's okay, let's say it's in Phoenix, the most expensive place to live in Arizona. That still sounds high to me. Like if it was maybe downtown, some really great real estate or something, okay, maybe. I'm, again, I'm not familiar with the Arizona real estate market, but my first instinct is that sounds high. Mm. It does sound like that's a legitimate complaint to me. Yeah, I heard uh, from the beginning the the, uh, the TSMC they want to uh, find a, a construction uh, company and then to to build the the dormitory for land. But they cannot find any because uh, the construction uh, company don't want to, like they they are not familiar with this company, so they uh. they, they just think okay if you want us to do that, uh, I will request three years contract. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the housing market in the U.S. is tough and it has been getting tougher, mm. especially. You know, it does make some sense to me that Arizona would be a little tough because states like Arizona, New Mexico. These Western states that are somewhat also especially uh, Las Vegas and Nevada, these Western states that are close to California, tons of Californians have been moving to. As the situation in California kind of became very difficult around COVID, lots of restrictions, housing market going crazy, living conditions going down, um, tons of Californians moved out of California and they've been moving to these Western desert states, New Mexico, Arizona, Mm -hmm. Nevada. So what that's done is shot their housing prices and their rental prices through the roof. I mean, all these outsiders moving in has, you know, taken up the inventory, raised demand and raised prices. So this could be connected to that. I I did a quick Google search for the location of TSMC. It says it's uh, about, let's see, just north of Phoenix. So it's not actually in Phoenix. It's a little bit outside. Mm. And real quickly, just browsing, you know, what's available real estate wise, it seems like around, you know, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars should get you a two bedroom apartment. And that's in Phoenix. That's not outside of Phoenix. Right. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe there's some reason for this price. Mm -hmm. But like they said, also, they're being forced to rent two bedrooms. I'm sure if they're from Taipei, they're used to a smaller apartment. And if it's if they're a single person, you know, they don't necessarily need two bedrooms. So it sounds like they're not really being given economical options. Yeah, I think most of them are not from Taipei. They are in Xinzhou. It's a like smaller city, but uh, still the house pricing is very high there. Mm. Yeah, but I think yeah, maybe that is just a bad deal of the the rental. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me too. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Another point for the workers. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to check because I heard America house is not soundproof. Is it's majority of house. No, I mean, my experience has been that they've been good. The houses are generally soundproof. Now, cheap apartments, those are everywhere. I've lived in apartments where I could hear every step the person above me was taking. <laughs> We used to call my neighbor Bigfoot because Bigfoot. every time they got up and walked, <laughs> dong, 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 you can hear it, right? So there are tons of these cheap apartment buildings where they don't really create you know, quality. Um, and again, there's, there's cheap houses as well, but most houses, especially the ones I've lived in were fine, solid, soundproof as far as I know. But yeah, I've, I've experienced cheap apartment buildings before. This does not surprise me. Mm. So cheaply built, high prices. Welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your stay in Arizona. <laughs> and the next one is they cannot find the people to fix their the issue in, in their life. So they need to de develop the like the various plumb plumbing and electrical skills. And so they're not getting all the services they need to maintain their apartments? The, the, those services mm. aren't available? Mm. Yes. They, they, after yeah. after the construction, the, uh, they cannot find people to fix the issues. Wow. So these are apartments, not, uh, not houses, right? Or are these yeah. houses? They're apartments, they're right? Apartment. So if they're apartments, then generally the way that works in America is that the the locations are maintained by the apartment complex, mm. right? So I've lived in apartment complexes in the U.S., and they have their own on-site staff whose job it is to fix any problem you have. So let's say, you know, the dishwasher is not working. You call up the office, and they say, okay, we'll schedule, and we'll send someone out to service it. So it sounds like the they're really not getting what they're paying for, especially if you're paying $2,500 a month. Mm. Your, your apartment should be well-maintained by the people who you're renting it from. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's weird that they don't have staff available on-site to handle this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So usually when you call, like, how many days do you need I'm to I'm hoping wait? for same day. Oh. I'm hoping. Now, it depends on where you live, but all the oh. apartments I've lived in, yeah, that, that person's coming today or maybe tomorrow. Because they, most of them, if they're big enough, they employ a full-time handyman who's, he knows all the appliances in there. He knows the air conditioning systems they use. And yeah, they, they're just, he's already there on site. He's full-time and he responds to all the calls as they come in. He or she. Mm. That's the standard. Oh, because based on my image, I saw lots of like American YouTube. They can fix the thing by themselves. So I thought you need to do sometimes by yourself yeah yeah oh. we do have a tradition of of you know um this is more common in homeowners i think when you own your own home now there is no staff to be called to come fix stuff for you so either you have to do it yourself or you have to hire a professional and a lot of people don't want to pay the money mm. and we have great um, home improvement stores all over the u.s where you can go get all the equipment you need and so a lot of people do you know take care of that stuff themselves but um yeah in apartment complexes it's usually part of the deal mm. so Yeah, yeah. Some people do prefer to take care of themselves. We do have this tradition in the U.S., but not if you're renting. Mm. You know, we, yeah, I, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Any problem I have, I'm calling somebody. I yeah. see. Okay, mm. next point. Okay, uh, company commit. They will change the, the, they will change their visa to like local hire, and will help them to apply for the green card. But now things like a uh, long way off. Mm. Uh, when they arrived, then they didn't receive any news 
about there, like if they can apply for wow. a green card.、Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I myself have been through the process of getting a green card for somebody in the U.S. My wife,、mm-hmm. um, it was a horrible process. The、oh. the government wouldn't answer my my letters. They they would set dates by which things had to be done on their end, and then go way past them and never contact me and not respond or reply. But there's one magic word in America that solves all of your problems. Do you know what that word is? What? Lawyer. Oh. You hire a lawyer. If you hire a lawyer, boom. Oh, now the government's answering all your questions. They're responding to all of your letters. Everything's happening on time. So that's been my experience in dealing with the government and with things in general in the U.S. And it's very unfortunate because you shouldn't have to go spend money、mm. to get the institution to do what they're supposed to do.、Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I had the worst experience ever trying to get my wife. Her green card, and then I hired a lawyer, and boom, everything fell right into place.、Oh, so yeah, now their situation is different. It's supposed to be handled through the company.、Mm. So supposedly the company had some sort of arrangement to kind of expedite and simplify their process for getting their green cards.、Um, but yeah, the green card process in America is a difficult one. Yeah, but you, like I said, you solve all problems in America the same way: money and lawyers. <laughs> That's my advice to you. If you ever need to get something done in the U.S. and you're having a hard time,、huh. stop doing it yourself. Go and hire a lawyer. Okay. Is lawyer affordable for the normal people? Um, that's a good question. So I was really lucky. I I found a lawyer who specifically works in this space. A lot of the cases he does, he does pro bono for free. Um, you know, I was happy to pay for him because I could afford it, and I did. But his price was very reasonable,、mm. especially compared to the amount of energy and time I was putting into trying to do this myself. You know, it cost me a thousand dollars for the whole process, and I would have paid five times that for you know what the the amount of headache I saved. I so、see. yeah, you have to be careful now. Lawyers are sharks, and they're going to take a lot. Some of them will take as much from you as they can. So you need to be smart about who you hire and for how much. Just go and interview lots of lawyers.、Mm-hmm. Go meet five lawyers. Get five different quotes.、Mm. Um, yeah, you can. You can. Depending on what you're trying to get done, you can find reasonable services.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that- I'm telling you, they they respond so much better. Same thing with my father's social security. I had、uh-huh. to sign him up for that. It was a nightmare. Lawyer, boom, done. How come? How come? Because lawyer lawyers holds a very special place in American culture.、Oh. The government and other institutions—they're not really afraid of private citizens. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to get upset. You're going to write me letters. <laughs> Now, lawyers—they know the law, and the law in America is fairly complicated. They'll take you to court. They will get you know the judge to agree against you. They will force you to do things. Lawyers are very scary in America. I mean, America is a very litigious country. Litigious is an adjective that describes using lawyers. We use lawyers for lots of stuff. There's lots of big lawsuits. You know, big, big money, big like millions and millions of dollars get paid out over all sorts of issues. You know, safety issues.、Um, you know, fairness issues when it comes to hiring. I mean, people are scared of lawyers.、Oh. Lawyers get that stuff done. Lawyers will take you to court and they'll make you pay. Oh my god! So yeah, they're respected and feared in America. So the government might not take you seriously, and that's again America, land of extremes. If you're poor, tough luck. You're getting、mm-hmm. no services. You're not getting listened to. You're not getting the stuff you need to live. But if you have money and you can afford to hire a lawyer, now we take you seriously. Wow!、Mm. So lawyer in United States, like literally, they they can earn big money. Oh yeah. Yeah, they earn huge money. It's a, it's a,、oh、it's consider. I mean, most politicians start as lawyers. 
That's the most common path to power in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Lots of high positions come from lawyers because understanding the law and how it works, Mm -hmm. um, it's like a superpower in America. Because like I said, our law is complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, lawyers, I mean, obviously not all of them, but in general, it's considered a very high prestige, very high earning job. Because lawyer in Taiwan, actually, I... My, my my friend who studied uh, law school, like I think they 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 have okay money, but they are not super huge. They are not earning super huge money. So I thought, yeah, lawyer is like that. And some Taiwanese people they like, they like go to the courts, they like go without a lawyer. So I think yeah, it's workable. So uh, yeah, so it's totally different. Taiwanese in, like to write the uh, yeah. how to say the partition. Mm-hmm. Petition by themselves. Oh, okay. Uh, and the judge will be very headache. Uh, what the hell is this guy <laughs> writing? <laughs> yeah, the first rule in America of going to court is you never represent yourself. Oh. Never. I mean, you have the right. Yeah. And some people choose to. Mm. But it's considered to be crazy. You're insane if you're going to court and you're trying to represent. Maybe small claims court, which is just like, this guy owes me $100 and he didn't oh. pay. Okay, fine. You represent yourself, mm-hmm. but anything bigger than that, you get a lawyer. I see, because they know how the game is played, and this is not a good thing. Citizens mm. should be able to get the services and the justice they deserve uh-huh. without having to go pay someone to get it. Uh-huh. But especially in my experience, that's just how it works, and everyone knows. So my advice to these TSMC employees is they should get a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> and list all their grievances mm. with a company. Yeah. Now, of course, when you're dealing with companies, that, that becomes combative. The company would be like, oh, you, you guys are getting lawyers. Okay, you want to play hardball. Oh. So it depends on what kind of leverage the company has over you. Yeah. But me personally, oh. I would get a lawyer. I see. The, the, the final point to me, I think it's very like unreasonable. Yeah, because uh, in, my, in my mind, because I've been to Australia and now I'm in Japan. So I know how hard to get the identity in the country you want to Im- immigrate. So, uh, uh, in, in United, uh, no, no, in Australia, you need to have this kind of uh, point point system. And uh, the point system is that you need to, how old are you and uh, how much uh, salary you are earning and also what's your English level. And those give you the points. And after some points, I remember it's 60 something, you can start to apply. And it's a long process, like take you around maybe five years, three what? to five years. Now, wait, this is to get an identification card for the driver's license? No, 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 PR, permanent, permanent residence. Resident. Oh, a permanent residence card. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So so I think the immig- for, for immigration, first generation is most tough because you spend your life like three to five years, sometimes 10 years to get your PR. Yes, and I think same situation in Japan. And for United States, people know it's the most difficult country to get the PR, the green card. So I think if, if, if you expect your, your company can give you the green card easily, I think it's not reasonable. Well, the question is, what, what promises did the company make to them before they got there? Like if, if I'm working for a company and they uh-huh. tell me we will do this, yeah. then I assume they know what they're talking about. I would believe them, you know? Yeah. But, but Jack, you're no fool. You've been, you've traveled around the world. You know how hard it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it's in Taiwan culture, we will call it a, a big cake maker. 
Mm-hmm. Like you make a big cake to mm-hmm. your your employee, your mm-hmm. team, and you say, "We after we achieve lots, 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 we can get this big cake." Mm. But usually, the big cake doesn't exist, or you <laughs> the, the boss they don't they don't they don't know it exists or not. They just say, "We have this vision, and after we achieve this, all of you can get a green card, something." They 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 don't have confidence can reach. Right. Yeah, but the yeah, I I think this complaint is uh. Yeah, unreasonable for me. Mm. The green card is most difficult in my mind. Uh, so you think it, you think that these employees should know not to trust the companies and should go into it the situation yeah. with a more skeptical mind? I think the expectation is wrong. Mm. They can expect the company can help them. Right. Yeah, but the the, the reasonable expectation may be five to ten years. Right. And if you work in a very good company, maybe short term a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at least three to five years. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing, though: is I, I don't think they're wrong because they're mm-hmm. just inexperienced, and that's not a sin. It's not bad to be inexperienced, right? Yeah. Like you're an experienced international traveler, so mm-hmm. you've learned all these lessons the hard way. Yeah. But for them, you know, especially they're being brought for this job by this company. I don't think it's wrong to put your faith in it and to kind of take it at face value. You don't have experience. You don't mm-hmm. know what the green card process is like. You've never been through it. Mm-hmm. So if your company tells you we will do this, then I, I think it's normal to assume that they would. Yeah. You know, but um, that what you're saying is wisdom. You're right. What you're saying is wise. You shouldn't expect these things and <laughs> be skeptical of your country mm-hmm. and do your own research. <laughs> don't take things at face oh. value. But unfortunately, that's a lesson some people have to learn the hard way. And oh. it sounds like that's what they're doing. Yeah. So, so uh, when you were in America, do you know this uh, immigration their life? Like, uh, do you know uh, their struggle or their pr- the processing how they get their green card? <coughs> Very little. You know, uh-huh. I myself was born a resident. Mm. My whole family were residents. Yes. Um, so I didn't have any experience with it. I didn't start to learn much about it until I got married. Mm. And my wife tried to, you know, get her green card for the United uh-huh. States. That's when I discovered. How, how long does th- th- did she get? Oh, she had, um, I think, three years oh. or five years or something like that. But then uh-huh. also she ha- you have to travel back to the U.S. every year. Every year. I yeah. See. So during COVID, we couldn't do that. Oh, so now I have to go through the process again for her at some point if we want to move back to the states. I so I have to do it again. See. Yeah, and I'm gonna go get a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deal with it myself. Seriously, trying to do it yourself, it's a nightmare. I see. It's an absolute nightmare. And that's another thing is American bureaucracy mm. and government. Mm. It is a nightmare to deal with. That's okay. one of my favorite things about Japan. Mm. When I go into the visa office here, oh, it's a uh. wonderful, beautiful process. Yeah, short lines, uh. efficient process uh-huh. very kind friendly workers at the yes, desk yes. oh you you forgot to fill it out here let me help you <laughs> oh you had trouble with this kanji you uh-huh. couldn't read it let me explain to you we uh-huh. have english speaking uh-huh. information desk right over there you know it is a dream come true uh-huh. go to america it is a nightmare oh giant God. long lines the person at the front of the desk it's their personal pleasure and joy to send you home <laughs> And tell you, you didn't fill out this form correctly. You didn't bring this. You didn't have that. You didn't do this the way that we wanted. You're going to have to come back some other day, sir. Next. That's that's the experience. And whether you're getting even going to get your your, your driver's license. Yes. Going through any government office in the U.S., Social Security, it's always a nightmare. I it's see. always a nightmare. I see. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, those positions in the U.S., they're they're low paid. Like in Japan, going into the public service, working for the bureaucracy here, yes. it's considered a high-quality job, and they're well-paid. A lot of people aspire to become a bureaucrat in the Japanese government. Um, in the U.S., those government jobs are considered 
lower. You know, they pay very low. Really? They often have good benefits because you get uh. the government benefits for uh-huh. medical, but the the salary is horrible. But don't they need to like pass some test before they got this job? No, no, no. Really? The test is: Are you willing to work for this low of a pay? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, the people working there—they're not happy to be there. They're not, they, you know, they—they they hate it, and they want to take their anger and their unhappiness out on you, the poor person who showed up there today, thinking you could get this done in one day. It—it's—it's it's horrible. I mean, I can tell you when American guys hang out here in Japan, their favorite thing to do is sit around and complain about all the things in Japan that they don't like. You know, and it's kind of like, well, stop being so negative. If you don't like it, you know where the door is. Go home, right? But on the other hand, I get it. I really do understand how they feel because it is frustrating and it is hard to get used to. But uh, it just comes with the territory, you know. And if you're not up for it, you do know where the door is. I see, and I, my I think my question is that for Taiwanese, when we go to like overseas. To 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 live a new life that means, uh, chasing a better life for Taiwanese because there are many like uh like for example Japan or Europe or United States we go there to study and then find a new job and immigrate to there that means you want to chase new life a better life but how about for American like do, go to overseas means what to you does does it mean chasing a better life or yeah, it, it it certainly can, right? There's there are large American what we call expats, expatriates means people who used to be American citizens or live in America and now live abroad. There's huge communities all over the world, and f- for a lot of them, they do feel that they've found a better life, mm-hmm. but it's rarely an economic situation. I mean, sometimes they move to countries with a good exchange rate and they can live cheaply. So in that case, maybe. Especially during COVID, a lot of people who are working remote moved out of the country to a place with a um, good exchange rate, mm. and then they could have an American salary from their remote job and live abroad. Mm. That became popular. But generally, it's a cultural thing, right? Mm. A lot of the people I've met who wanted to live outside of the U.S. wanted to do so for cultural reasons, like, oh, I love it here in Spain. Everyone's so laid back and easygoing. Or, oh, I love it in Japan. Everyone here's so polite. Um, you know, it, it's usually a cultural difference that drives people to live outside of the America or just the experience and excitement of something new. Mm. So if they do find a better life, it's usually for those reasons. It's not the dream of, you know, getting rich and, you know, getting to live a higher standard of living. Mm-hmm. That's not generally the reason mm. people, you know, go and move somewhere else. Oh, so uh, for American, uh, if you move overseas, which country are popular or the american people are willing to go there none comes to mind right it's not such a common thing or so so pervasive in the culture that i can give you oh this is the place americans want to go like if you're from the uk Mm. it's spain right that's the place that a lot of people from england want to go live because the cost of living is inexpensive and it's a beautiful country and it's close Mm. so a lot of people move from england to spain the U.S. our our version of that's Mexico. Oh, so a lot of people from the states move to Mexico, and again, this is an exchange rate thing. Your mm-hmm. your your dollar can go farther in Mexico. Mm-hmm. the The standard of living you can have there for the price a lot of times can be a good exchange. Mm-hmm. So in in this case, people a lot of times can chase their retirement dreams by moving to a country mm-hmm. with a better exchange rate, so that they can live better than they would have back home. Mm-hmm. But outside of Mexico, we don't have any other destination really in mind. There's I no see. you know. There's nowhere that's 
particularly popular to to go other than retiring in Mexico. That's a thing. I see. Yeah. Okay. How about how about in Taiwan? Um, Taiwan. I think I I just mentioned Japan. Yeah. Korea recently. Hmm. And uh, UK. Really. Yeah, UK and the United States. Hmm. Canada maybe. So what is? Hmm. Maybe you can tell me huh. what what is the American dream? In Taiwan. Yeah. The American dream for me is Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, if 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 one day I can go to America, I oh, imagine my no. life like that. I live in a big house, huge house, have my own swimming pool, and drive a big car. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay, good. I was worried for a second. I thought you meant actually Hollywood. Oh, like no, 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 no. The no. Hollywood image. Yeah, Hollywood. Because image. just so you know, you and everyone else, Hollywood smells like piss. It's oh. gross. Oh. Don't. Yeah, don't. Well, okay, maybe some people would like it, but. Okay. Anyone who lives in LA knows you don't want to go to Hollywood. Oh, really? Actual Hollywood, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Why? That. Why? Why? Because it's like the American dream. It's a big, flashy, beautiful image, and then when you get there, it's covered in pee, and <laughs> everything is overpriced, and everyone's trying to take advantage of you. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so okay. That aside, the Hollywood image of life in America, like you said, yeah. big house, yes. swimming pool, yeah. big car, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, is probably more doable in the U.S. than a lot of places. Oh. I mean, that's something when I travel that always takes me some getting used to. Just the size and the scale and the scope of living. Huh. Everywhere else that I go, all the houses are so small, all the cars are so small, and there's no swimming pools anywhere. <laughs> now, I didn't grow up with uh, those things necessarily. And I would argue that in a lot of ways, the American dream is dying or dead. You know, these days it's not so easy to buy a house for my generation. For my parents' generation, you could work any normal job and afford to buy a house and have a big car and a swimming pool. Just like you said, that dream was real,、um, but it's gone. I mean, the housing market's insane. Young people these days don't earn enough or save enough to be able to afford those things. Like a lot of people in America, in the middle class, they're suffering just to get by, just to have food and pay the bills and pay the rent. I mean, homeownership for my generation, especially the younger generations than me, is becoming increasingly an impossible dream.、Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you are a homeowner in the U.S. these days, if you can afford to buy a home now, then you're really lucky, and it's no longer a dream that's available to everyone.、Um, if you're either lucky or you know, I don't know, able to find the right job, it's still something that can be achieved, but it's harder than ever to do these days. I, I think you could do it with one hundred twenty thousand in Arizona, though. I mean, I, pretty sure you, you can get all those things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After three years contract, they can have a better deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, maybe I'm out of touch. I,、oh. I haven't been in the U.S. job market for a little while, so I'm I'm not sure if one hundred twenty thousand still buys the American dream. From my perspective, it does. If someone offered me that, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, get my swimming pool and my big house. But、yeah, yeah, and besides all those like big house or big car things, I think United States still the the place where the the thing will happen there, like the most technology uh advanced uh research will happen there, and you you need to be there if you you really into your research field, you need you need to be go to United States to go involved and、mm. play a role there. I think that's. That's my American dream. Ah, so to be on the cutting edge of your industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,、mm. that is something that America does have going. You know, a lot of the universities are considered, you know, top in the world. A lot of the research and development going on there is very cutting edge.、Mm. So yeah, 
from that perspective, uh, why is there no European dream? Why don't why don't people want to move to Europe? And I mean, maybe the house will be a little smaller. Maybe it'll be a public pool. Maybe your car will, uh, you know, be electric and electric. <laughs> one person can sit inside. But, you know, they're also, I'm sure, have cutting-edge research going on. And the standard of living in Europe is wonderful in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think Anna has European dream. Oh, you have European dream? Yeah, yeah, Oh, what's your dream? Yeah. Mm, I think because America thinks more, like, competitive. Mm -hmm. So I prefer, like, the European more. I think maybe they have more, like, welfare and things. I I really, I care about this. Yeah. it's true. In general, Europe is much more, you know, has much more socialist policies. So you pay higher taxes, but you get more services. And um, yeah, I think it is in a lot of ways. I think your dream is accurate. Like America can be very competitive. And in Europe, when I've been there, I've noticed there's a real desire for quality of life amongst the people there. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't live and die for their jobs. Their jobs are their jobs. And then they go home and they, they're more interested in their friends and their family and, you know, the meals they share with them. That, that's, that's my European dream. I, I share your European dream, Anna. I think Europe's awesome. I love the way that a lot of the people live there. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure if I lived there, I'd complain about it. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, just, just like you guys had those TSMC reviews from the perspective of the Taiwanese uh, folks coming into work there. I read some reviews from the American people working there. Uh, yes. I, I found some of their uh, experiences interesting. Yes. So first of all, there was a lot of criticism there about, um, they said, Taiwanese work culture. That they weren't, first of all, the hours and the amount that you needed to work seemed insane to them, is what they said in a lot of these. Um, that didn't surprise me. You know, we've talked before about the work ethic and the expectations of hours. Um, but what did surprise me is a lot of people kept w- complaining about a quote-unquote toxic work atmosphere. Now, the, now first of all, I, I'm going to admit, I read the one-star reviews, okay? I think there's lots of people who had great experiences. In fact, there were more five-star reviews than there were one-star reviews, I'm pretty sure. I, I think the five stars are the company HR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think the same thing. That, that's why I went to the one-star reviews. Okay. You know, I don't want to talk to the, the glad-handing people, but I just want to be fair because mm. I, I don't know this company. Yeah. I'm not knowledgeable about it. I'm not here to pass judgment on them or say that they're a bad company. Mm. Maybe they're awesome. Mm. But I do find it interesting where the friction occurs, yeah. both for the Taiwanese people moving to the States and the people in the States working for this company. Yes. So this is the one that surprised me. They said it was a toxic work atmosphere and that there's lots of drama and gossiping. Uh <laughs> Is this a feature of Asian workplaces? I think not so negative. Not so negative. You think this is normal? No, no, no. It's the opposite of what I expected. I would expect an Asian work environment to be more professional, more serious, more distance, Uh less drama. Uh, That's Japan. Yeah, that's Japan, right? That's Japan style. I think uh, TSMC is a special case because they're, they're... I think they are good at efficiency. They are good at solving problems. They are good at solving problems very quick. So I think that's the price. That's Aww. the price of the efficiency. Like sometimes like Taiwanese people can say very directly. And then they, 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 they only have one goal. They want to solve the problem very quick. Uh, so the engineer, actually, the most of the time, they are very stressful. And uh, to be honest, I don't know, but uh, should be not personal. 
the 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 boss is not personally like like want to scold you or something, but they 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 only have one goal to solve the problem very quick. So the toxic uh atmosphere, I think it's, I think happened in some department, maybe yes, and uh, that's that's something I also looking forward. That American culture and Taiwan culture will mix together, and the Taiwan management they need to learn from how to. How to manage more civilization way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you're the boss and you're calling people out in front of other employees and dressing them down, I mean that that's poor management. You're not taking into consideration that that's another human being you're dealing with, right? You're just treating them um, like they're your servant. And yeah, I mean people in the U.S. in a lot of workplaces they're not willing to deal with that kind of treatment, mm. you know. And if that happened to me, I would quit. <laughs> I'd be gone. Unless you pay me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I uh, feel. When first time I feel respect in Japan's job, I feel so thankful. But at the end, I realize maybe that is something I deserve. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, yeah. So I think this is a good chance for Taiwanese people to learn. Like uh, in Japan, I know many manager Taiwanese manager. They sometimes feel very difficult when they manage a international group. Sometimes they failed. Either the foreigner leave from their team, or the Taiwanese manager quit to become a engineer or something. But uh, uh, some of them, I think, they're growing. They try to treat the foreigner, treat the Japanese team member in Japanese way or in the international way. So I think it's a good chance also for TSMC. Uh, the boss can learn how to manage the foreigner team members. And uh, in a professional way, also the Taiwanese engineer can grow. That we deserve better. We can solve the problem efficiently, but uh, on the same time, we also deserve some respect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It, it's a process, right? It's yeah. a it's a process of learning. And yeah, hopefully this is a good opportunity for them. You know, conducting a business in America, they can hopefully take some of the best things that American work culture has to offer, and um, you know, get rid of this the stuff that isn't necessarily worth. Worth learning, but yeah, I think you're right. It definitely could be a, a positive thing in the long run. Um, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope so. Yeah, maybe maybe in the future, couple of years later, the TSMC will grow to a best place to work in United States. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> maybe, but, but also get a lawyer, <laughs> just in case. Yes. Well done, you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed our episode. And I look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. -bye. Bye.